and welcome back to Unicorns and Hand Grenades, everyone. My name's Jax, and my co-host Kim and I are wrapped that you've chosen to join us in this series of real and raw conversations that we'll be having with each other and our guests, where we explore the nature of being human and embracing life in all of its brutal magnificence. We hope you enjoy this ride as much as we enjoy bringing it to you. So let's get into the conversation. <laughs> Just let out a little snuffle for our listeners. Listeners, it's so nice to be back around the mic. Welcome to Kim Snuffle. She was just doing a big breath before we started because we got the giggles before we press record. It has been three months, so let us just start off with that before we've actually recorded. Since we've actually recorded, it's not starting off well. So bear with us if it takes us a while to get back into our usual cadence, even though we've put out some epic episodes in the in-between. We are back around the mic ready to explore what's been playing out for us, including a word that we've been playing tennis with in a conversation before I hit record. I'll let you in on what that word is soon. Also be warned, I feel like I'm at the movies and you know how you have that warning about make sure your phone is switched to silent and be respectful of others. Both Kim and I have been working today So we feel like we've got half a fried brain and a half a working brain each. So this could play out one of either three ways. Way number one, our two half fried brains join together (laughs) to make one fried brain and it becomes a bit of a sketchy recording episode. The two good halves of our brains connect and actually it becomes pretty epic. Or one half fried and one half working joins. Who knows what we'll get? Anyway, Let's just get into it. So the word we were playing tennis with before we started was ambiguous. Why were we playing tennis with that word? First of all, I just want to say I actually am wrapping my head around the fact that it's been three months and how and how that happened. And because we sort of just had this natural hiatus that came around with the end of the year and the start of another one and things that developed in our lives with work and whatnot. And we've connected a lot, um, just not recording. But three months is actually a really long time. And so I'm quite surprised about that, but also really excited to be here and back recording again. And so as we penciled this time in our diary, and we penciled in a few other times that didn't quite get off the mark, and one time Jackie came to catch up with me, and we didn't end up recording, we just ended up catching up, up, and going for a hoon on the farm. Um <laughs> I sent her a voice message this morning as I was driving to work and asked her what she thought we should record about. And then we started to reflect a little bit and and the whole piece around um, taking a leap of faith, um, for want of a better term, because I don't really love like jargony jargon, it's like leaning into our experience that we're having at the moment and this whole notion of ambiguity and uncertainty and not really knowing what's around the corner and that just becoming normal now so we've talked about uncertainty and the notion that certainty isn't really real and we've had lots of different conversations but we've never actually done an episode on living in a different world now where things are not clear and we're just leaping from one situation to the next and seeing what happens so I feel like that's quite a neat place for us to pick up after some breathing space. Um, 
because things have changed a little bit for the both of us and I, and it wasn't even really that purposeful. Things d- d- just happen and that's what I mean about this ambiguity, things popping up and you just go with the next step. So I don't know, Jax, when you think about the word ambiguity or ambiguous or things are ambiguous now, how does that make you feel and what do you think about that word? Well, I was joking when we were talking earlier because I like metaphors or I like visualizations and I was thinking about how as much as the world is different for the collective now because the collective has been sitting in uncertainty and ambiguity for, what, two years now, we got forced into it with our stories that happened lots of years ago or three years ago for me. And what would it be for you now? Gosh, I think mum is four this year. Yeah. So we had to navigate some of this stuff before. And so for me, it kind of feels like that ambiguity and uncertainty is, is has always just been the norm. But when I was thinking about it in terms of a picture, it's like, you know, every morning you get up and you get out of bed and every time you turn over, you're lying next to uncertainty and ambiguity. <laughs> ambiguity they're like the uninvited sleeping partners you lead in your house not that that ever happens but it's kind of like it's like hey we're here we haven't gone anywhere so what are you going to do with us and how are you going to live your life and so the big reflections for me over the last three months are when my big life changes happened and my universal car crashed happened and my marriage blew up and I had to shift back to Auckland and I had no clue what I was going to do for a job and I couldn't mentally even think about that because I wanted to heal first, I was forced to take a leap I didn't want to take, a leap into singledom, a leap into (laughs) finding somewhere the hell to live, a leap into having no freaking clue what I was going to do for a living because I'd just given up my career of 29 years to make the move to a different country or city rather with my husband. So I had a forced leap into uncertainty, ambiguity, and dropped off the cliff pretty heavily. And so now the things that were such a huge leap for me that I could have never imagined before it was all forced on me, now I could never imagine not doing them and they've become my norm and I love them. And that just blew my mind. And then it also made me think how easily we get stuck in, we find our equilibrium. So we leap, (laughs) we leap, we trust in the landing, and then, then we just ninja roll the hell out of whatever landing it is, whether it's a hard or a soft landing. And then we just, that becomes our new norm. And I don't want to get forced to leap again. So I've really been challenging myself around, and I know this sounds crazy, where can I make myself uncomfortable? Where can I be adventurous? I've just taken another leap, probably about maybe six weeks ago, the thought of the leap started. I when I left my marriage because I didn't have the wherewithal to think about getting my business up and running myself, and I wanted to go on this healing journey and learning and traveling and doing lots of cool stuff to just come back to me. So I was super solid in myself. And if I ever get in a relationship again, I really know clearly who I am and what's important to me. And and I'm accountable for my own growth. But part of that journey for me, oh, I've lost my train of thought. 
Six weeks ago. Oh, yeah, six weeks ago. So part of that journey for me at the very beginning was finding something that I could do to to earn a living that wasn't going to require me to just be super engaged mentally and and putting myself under stress like starting a new business would. So I connected with an amazing designer that I know, Lee Kleiman, who owns and runs and designs Repertoire, a New Zealand brand. I came on board as a stylist for her for three days a week. And I've been doing that for the past two years. And well, actually two and a half years, nearly three. And on the other side of it, I'd also been exploring what I wanted to do with my own business, finding what my strength was, what my passions were, where I could work that was super aligned to that, that was about shining a little light, but in my own way and starting to build that business. But I kept clinging to this three days a week. And what I discovered about two months ago when I had my own come to self moment was actually clinging to that security blanket was preventing me from opening up the space because I'd already been really intentional about what I wanted to do. I backed myself. I'd started doing the work. The more work I did, the more people came to me, the better my name got, the more my confidence built. So I felt this real pull and this build and and abundance and the work was coming at me and then I'm like but I'm still holding on to this three days a week and I'm not letting it go and it's actually preventing me from doing what I'm really put on this earth to do and so I let it go and the first two weeks after I let it go was really interesting and that it brought up a lot of stuff for me that made me feel really hell uncomfortable again um it triggered a whole bunch of stuff around what are you doing you're single, you're on your own, you're looking after yourself. The sensible thing to do or that you should do is go get a job on a regular basis that will pay you. Um, but I just did what I've never done that well in the past and I just sat in the real uncomfortableness and I let it take me where it wanted to take me and whatever it brought up, I just kind of dug into what, why I've done the work around this and just kind of crashed through it. And so here I am again. So I've crashed through that uncertainty. Even six weeks on, things are really shaping up and I'm getting even more work. And I know now without a doubt it was the right move. And it's kind of like, sweet, I've backed myself. It's almost like I'm comfortable now. Took that leap, got uncomfortable. I'm comfortable now. And and there's still enough uncertainty there for me to be really open to flow and to see see what I can co-create with the universe and what comes my way but it's not terrifying anymore. I'm like, what are the places, what are the little corners of my life are I clinging to certainty? That was a long explanation about certainty and and ambiguity. But ambiguity, sorry, to me, because ambiguity is all about things being open to interpretation. So it just reminded me that I get to interpret whatever happens to me through the lens that I choose. And just, yeah, just brought me back home to that perspective. So why would I not take more risks in my life? And I thought that before, then I moved away from it and got safe again. And so now I'm going back to, okay, what other leaps can I take? And where do I need to do it? I really love that because you've come full circle. You know, you you talked back when things changed and you there was this reluctant, like obviously what happened previously was not a choice of yours it was a thing that happened and so there was a sense of reluctance and having to take that leap because you had no other choice and all the things that happened out of that and then you've come full circle to the point where 
you're actually ditching comfort to embrace ambiguity um, and are comfortable in the discomfort. And I guess it's like, it must be like a skill, a strength, you know, you flex your muscle, you build muscle, you have to practice. Um, but identifying for yourself that while your intention was out there, how you were behaving was not aligned to making that a reality for you. And wanting to do all of this work and and the consulting and the coaching and everything else, but hanging on to three days that was consuming a lot of your time for very little reward um, financially and otherwise, and going, it feels comfy though, like my old trackies that are real comfy, my Ugg boots, and I'm not sure what's going to happen next, but fuck it, I'm going to strip naked and go run into the sea. <laughs> and that's what you did. And I'm really proud of you. And, and you know, maybe it's not as maybe it's not as sexy as that, but in a in a I guess a growth and like change sense, like that's a real big move. And you've tr- you've backed and trusted that it'll all work out. And when we were tossing up ambiguity versus uncertainty, for me, uncertainty has a real negative connotation. It's like things are not certain. It's very uncertain times at the moment. Like it's something to be scared of, not yes, uncertainty. I'm a real person that likes spontaneity and surprises. So if someone said to me, I've planned a secret weekend away and you don't know where we're going, I'm like, not that's really uncertain. I'm like, yay. Oh, how exciting. And ambiguity leaves room for interpretation, like you said. And so I like the analogy of the leap because sometimes we're pushed off the cliff. And then sometimes like this time, whether it's running into the sea naked or jumping off the cliff and knowing you've got a parachute on because you're not going to crash land, um, you've done that and you've created space to let into your life what you're intentionally trying to call in. But you can't do that if you've got everything mapped out. And another thing that was coming to me when I was listening to you was because we are faced with so much ambiguity right now, but also as we have been previously, we are drawn to comfort. And we think it's certainty, but really what's certain? Probably that the sun's going to come up tomorrow, but everything else, we don't know. Things are changing in the daily here in New Zealand. Things could change with our jobs. Like We don't really know what's going on, but we cling to things that are comfortable and make us feel safe with this false sense of like reassurance, but that's just rubbish. Like that's not even real, is it? It's just what we tell ourselves to make it seem less scary when what you did was set and go. It doesn't, it feels a little bit, I'm not sure, but what's the worst that can happen? And there's nothing like a bit of perspective as their jacks to go, well, you know, (laughs) been through worse. So what's the worst that's going to happen if I throw in this other three days? I'm not going to end up sleeping on the street. I'll go and crash crash on Kim's couch, you know, like you sort that. And, and, but sometimes if you haven't had your universal car crash, this is it. Like this would be it. Um, And perspective goes a long way to maybe making it easier to navigate the uncertainty of what we're going through right now. Cause I really just don't sweat stuff as much anymore. Like I still get frustrated and things can be challenging, but no longer am I like lying awake at night sweating things that I'm like, ah, it is what it is. Like I say it is what it is quite a lot and I'm probably the poster girl for that. Um, but so interesting and I love your reflection. Wow, you know what just hit me with a blind side while you were talking is that I have my own blind spot 
So I, if listeners have listened to us since the beginning, you'll listen back and you'll hear big spurts of growth and transformation and alignment. And so there'll be episodes where we will have been talking a year ago where we were super aligned, but I just realized when you reflected back to me, I'd been out of alignment for a while because my blind spot, well, it's not blind because I see it now. I just like to hide from it because that's old patterns is that I can convince myself of something to be comfortable and I'll cling on to things longer than I need. I did that with my relationship. I've done it with jobs. And so even though I've had all of this transformation, it's really easy to just create that blind spot again around the same thing. And the other thing that came to me when you were reflecting back was when you said it was, you know, it was great. You were there. um, It was a bit of play. What I did realize when I left was it was almost an easy out to play because I could go to work and be social with people at work Mm. and people I'm styling. I didn't have to take responsibility outside of life for creating more new connections or to opening myself up to relationships or dating or thinking about how I bring play into my life because I was using that as a little safe place to get my social interaction and playing connection. Mm. Whoo, that's a big insight. I didn't like that till now. I'm pleased I could help shed that, <laughs> hold that mirror up for you, Jax, and, and take away the veil. That's yeah. really, those are really interesting reflections, especially the, I mean, and we've been through such a strange time with like in and out of lockdowns and stuff that you just get back into things and then it changes again. So for, you know, we've had, we've been in touch. There have been long periods of isolation for you mm. where it's been you, yourself, and Iroh, the dog. <laughs> So it's, you know, and so being able to do that and connect with other people has been also a, also a way to get that human connection that you've needed to. So it served its purpose as well. Um, but yeah, and I mean, you know, blind spots and going, it's not as easy for me to drop all of that stuff and step away from comfort. I don't think it ever is. We've talked about this. You learn and relearn and then learn some more. The lessons, the same ones. Yeah. And I'm not sure any human being is really hardwired to continually step into discomfort. Like we'll avoid that shit, you know, like that's not not our emo. That's not how we naturally go. So, but it's more that awareness that is like what's not aligned here. Um, and sometimes it just takes a chat with a good friend to figure that out. Um, yeah, and, you know. so true. Because without that little social play connection going, what I have noticed probably over the last six weeks is I've been out more social with friends. Mm-hmm. I've made an effort to get out of the house, whereas before I was quite comfort in my own, comfortable in my own worst enemy. I could be the best hermit ever. But actually, if I want to get play and I want to get connection, Work's probably not the place to do it for me because I'm all about deep alignment. It's actually the next challenging part of my growth will be to leap in that space. Yeah. And so that's what this has allowed me to see a little bit that I was hiding from before. It's the next yeah. opportunity for me, the place where I've probably protected myself the most because I've been, it's the place where I've been hurt the most before. Yeah. And also, it's like the chef who doesn't want to come home and cook in the evening. Like you don't want to socialize with people all day no. and then come home and do it some more. Like, yeah. you know, you're a bit like me. You need a balance. You need your social time and your you time. And if you're giving all of you um, in the work capacity, there isn't really much left. And so it's like, you know, now you're just using that more wisely. And, yeah, and, and that's more, cool. 
and more meaningful relationships in ways. So, so interesting. Yeah. Mm. What about you over the last three months? What's been your biggest change and insight that's come out of that change? I've had a complete change of pace. Um and probably I, I wrote down in my book because I never don't do too much prep, but I wrote a few little notes. And one of them for me was mum always said to me, expect the unexpected. And I've said that before on the podcast. And I wrote that down because it's funny how that happens. And so, you know, with my consulting work, things were picking up um, towards the end of last year. And then we had COVID again and some more lockdowns and it just bottomed out. And I was like, I've had a couple of false starts over the last few years and it's been quite disheartening um, wanting to do that alongside what I was, you know, being a mom and a wife and a friend and enjoying where I'm living and everything else, but wanting to do something with my skill set. And so right before Christmas, I saw a role advertised, um, a fixed term role for six months, and it was basically the 17th of December or something like that. I applied got the job and started on the 10th of January and it's um, 32 hours a week. So it's almost full time and it's a complete 360 and or 180, what do you call it? A complete change in direction where I am now like really busy. The kids are in preschool full time, but they're doing great. Um, but it's I've gone completely the other way um, before feeling like the podcast was the key thing um, that I had in terms of focusing my energies on and getting meaning from and now going whoa it still is really important as part of that but I've also got all this other stuff I need to try and fit around it and also hence this the gap I think for us is I was trying to find my feet with working and juggling because holy shit I take my hat off to parents everywhere who are working even part you know part-time to full-time sorry I just met my keyboard um and trying to do it all like actual superheroes legit superheroes because it's not easy um and I'm enjoying it it's a completely different phase of life for me um there are some work-ons for me in terms of um wellness and fitness more specifically like I do switch off and I do take time away I'm not not stressing over work or anything, but I guess where I was really devoted to my exercise because I had time to do so, um, that's condensed down a little bit and perhaps haven't been as running as much as I would like. Um, but that's okay because I also realized that life is life goes in seasons. It goes spring, spring, summer, and then it goes winter, autumn and winter when things change a little bit. And at the moment I'm in the summer season for work, but maybe for like me time and fitness and wellness I'm sort of a little bit at the other end and that's fine because I'm still taking care of myself and there's nothing I don't feel really yucky but it's a complete shift in how I schedule my time um the other thing that I've really noticed uh in terms of ambiguity if we ambiguity if we come back to the topic is I feel like all plans are for everybody are really made quite half-heartedly at the moment and so like when I first started working I work from home and I work from the office and the expectation is I kind of do a 50-50 split I got two days in the office and then I was at home full-time and I was like 
things just change so quickly. You just have to adapt because there's no other way. Um, but it's almost about it's almost about not really having expectations. And so I plan my son's fifth birthday party and and think, oh, that might happen, but maybe it won't. We've I've booked a girls' weekend away in July. Is that going to happen? Like we're going to be flying to Queenstown. Booked it, hopeful, because it's the reschedule from last year. Don't really know. So you make these plans, but you've got one foot in and one foot out thinking it might not happen. Um, and that's hard for people. And I don't, and I'm not even in a position where I'm planning to see my parents who I haven't seen in a long time. Like there are a lot of families who are having such a tough time of it at the moment. And the not knowing part is the hard part not knowing when, not knowing how, not knowing if or, you know, what the options are going to be. And so we cross our fingers and, I mean, I, in that space, I don't have um, anything that I'm particularly yearning for, but I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is I have a lot of empathy for people who um, aren't, aren't as able to kind of embrace the ambiguity and the uncertainty is we are um, because while we've had our first year of knocks, we're also probably in a place personally where there are some things that we have, you know, but then we are quite independent as well in terms of some of the things that might impact on others and be weighing on them right now. So that was pretty roundabout, but like it's frantic. It's pretty busy. It's beautiful chaos. I quite like it. Um, but it's, I feel a bit like in terms of having balance, it could be, I could be, you just do bursts of things and not necessarily, like I don't know how people would keep up this pace with their young family for years and years on end. Like, Jax, I'm looking at you, um, how you did that. Because, well, holy hecka. <laughs> there was a cost. There yeah. was a real cost to it. Uh, for me, there was a cost to my well-being. Mm. I was heavier than I'd ever been, and I'm a tiny little person, so heavy for me isn't. Well, it wasn't huge, but it was just my eyes were dull. Mm. I catch up. I've got another really good friend from those days who I caught up with the other day, and every time I've seen her since my world blew apart, she's like, "Oh, your eyes are bright," mm. and so I'd lost the life in my eye. I'd lost the life in me, mm. but I I just couldn't. And even coming into just getting really busy in the season of my own business and I'm doing stuff, I love it, just fires me up. It's, I still have to be really careful. Like I'm lucky if I'm doing probably three solid days, but I spread it out. But I'm really struggling to find that balance for me between being and doing because I don't believe in work-like balance. Like Cassie Roma, our other guest said, you know, call bullshit on that. It's a zero-sum equation. One goes up, the other goes down. That's just, that's no way to live. But I think it really is for me, and I haven't got the sus yet because I'm just, I'm just learning this. At the moment, I'm looking at it and going, well, it's nice. I've, I've created the space with leaving my stylist gig and now I'm bringing in, you know, meaningful catch-ups with people. So I'm getting my social and play from people I love connecting with. But that's, you know, I catch up on the weekend. I can't even imagine how you balance that stuff with a partner, like a new partner. I mean, there's a there's a way to do it. I'm just trying to figure out at the moment how, how I balance it for me. What is the thing that's my not negotiable? 
And once my not negotiable starts disappearing, how do I catch myself so it doesn't become a slow creep? Because I found that with meditation. So that's one thing that's, I think, helping. It's what are the things that are the non-negotiables and how do I catch the slow creep? And often I don't catch the slow creep until I've forgotten to do it for a few days. And then my reaction to something will be worse than it normally is, or I'll be getting a buzzy head off. I won't be feeling expansive. I'll catch it that way. So how do I just catch it quicker? Uh, yeah, I just, it's a struggle getting to the gym. I started back at the gym again, but again, that's a priority. So I've got to make time for that. And I just, I think there's this expectation that we can do it all. And I don't know how we do. So for me, it's knowing I, I don't want to do it all. There's things I want to keep that are really important for my well-being. There's work I want to do that I love. And yep, getting out there, dating, having a relationship, that'd be nice to do too. And so how do you just blend blend everything and just morph with it as it goes and then have that ability, I guess it's that allowing the ambiguity to be able to flex and move and and get it wrong and then reflect and then get it right. So this continual cycle of unlearning and learning again, it just it honestly doesn't stop. And the seasons, I'm right at the moment, I'm feeling like, again, I haven't been this way for a while. I'm on the cusp of cool, exciting stuff. And I'm feeling... With stuff starting to bounce up through the earth and yeah, come to life. Which is so cool. But there is an element of it's going to challenge you along the way as you start to let new stuff in and open up to new experiences and people and work. So I don't know. There is just insight. For me, there is no end to this journey. Mm. Like the minute you think you've got it nailed, something's going to come along and show you you haven't. (laughs) The minute you've got it nailed, you don't. And the only time you can stop thinking that is when you're dead. So, you know, that's the thing, right? Like it's life is learning. Learning is life. Like the two things... Yeah, they are totally linked. Um, I liked what you said about the non-negotiables and sussing out what those are for you um, and being aware of when that starts to creep away. Um, but then I also think, oh, it's so exciting to get like caught up in um, the excitement of like whatever it is, like a new relationship yeah. or some love or float away on that little cloud for a little while and and be excited about that and and get you know float down the river of that but then knowing what it is that you need to come home to yeah and being really clear on that for you and it and when you said about wanting to do it all but not sure how I had a real interesting conversation with my best friend as I was starting to do this job and I was like I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do this and not completely suck at one other or both like being a mum being a person who is a successful career person, also a wife and a friend, how will I just not be shit at all of it? And she's like, you know what though, what I've realized, she said, you can actually do everything. She said, if you want to, you can. But I think what I'm realizing about that conversation with her and and what we talked about was if, if it's right and aligned and you want it and you're passionate about it, you can make it work. And she's got, She's working, she's training to do a boxing fight, like she's a fitness at her peak, she's got three kids, like she goes on date nights every week with her husband, like she's so busy, organized, flourishing, like I look at her and I'm like, shit girl, you've got all of this locked down and not a second to spare, but somehow it all seems to work for her and she's really calm because, but what, but what 
she has what we talked about was well what are you going to drop and so after that conversation with her I got a house cleaner this week because I was like I need some calmness through my surroundings um, and I can't keep on top of everything I don't want to spend the valuable time that I have with my kids now that they're at preschool all the time like bossing them around and telling them to clean their room I can't it's very important for me and and whilst I wasn't working absolutely but now I have to outsource some elements of my life and I'm not going to outsource any more my parenting aside from when they go to daycare during the week the rest of it is on me and I want to make the most of that so it's about figuring out you want to have and do it all you can but you've got to figure out what all is for you and what it isn't oh I like that because when you were when you were talking about that and listeners can't see, but when you were, were explaining that she was doing it all in the flourishing, it was like a really expansive hand gesture. So I think what happens and what's happening for me at the moment is it's exciting and you're engaged and you're aligned. So you do, when you flourish, you're just, you're a well of energy because the energy and the drive and the purpose is coming from the right place. It's coming from alignment. It's coming from that place of co-creation and it's exciting and there's sparks of I don't know what will happen, but I'm open to whatever happens. And that's pretty cool because that's this place of creation. And then I think it's just like in your car when you're driving, you're always checking the rear view mirror and the side mirrors. It's just kind of kind of checking in and knowing yourself really well to know when the flourishing stops and it becomes a chore or something's not right. And so it's just being able to check your mirrors and, yeah. and operate from that expansive place of, of energy, which is where you can find the the space to do things you would normally not. Yeah, because it's about wanting to versus being expected to and making a conscious choice around that. Like, I want to do this. I want to do all of this, not I feel like I have to and I feel obligated to X, Y, and Z, whether that's work, you know, family commitments, et cetera, et cetera. And, but, but stepping back and ha- being able to have the visibility um, and understanding what is what that looks like for each of us because we're all so different in that respect um yeah but you know like coming back to ambiguity and and all of this links into that because some of this is about ambiguity about what we actually want or what's important to us and that all shifts and everything shifts and it's all shifting all the time like everything's changing and that is that is always going to be the case is going also understanding you know when you're talking before about the meditation like what is important for you to stay grounded and to I guess maintain a sense of calm in an ever-changing world so if I was to ask you Jax what helps keep your feet on the ground um, when it's all a hurricane around your head what do you do? Like, what are some practical things that you do? Oh, yeah, that's a really good question. When I was listening to you before, I felt this whole, when you were talking about really being really clear about what you want, it's this whole should versus could, I think, is the key thing. If you change that language, it really changes up stuff, just as an aside, before I get to my grounding stuff. I could do that. And if I did it, it would play out one way. Or I could not do it and it would play out the other way you have options the minute you say I should do something you're locked into a whole game of guilt of mental battling around it so yeah 
it's a big distinction there, eh? Um, for me, groundedness is really the big one is getting out into nature. West Coast beaches, bush, that's it. Where I'm having to adjust a little bit is I used to be able to jump in my car and do that drive quite frequently because I didn't have the volume of work coming through. Now I've got the amazing work coming through. It's not as easy to jump in the car and drive out to the West Coast beaches. So then I really start to challenge myself. I had a period where because I couldn't do that, the story I told myself was, you can't feel grounded. You're just, how are you going to get the things you need? Which is ridiculous. I live five minutes walk from the mountain. So what I've started doing on the days that I'm working is actually not going out into the backyard with the dog because there ain't nothing grounded about hanging out in my backyard with Satan's spawn. <laughs> I'll actually go out and sit on my front step and just put my feet on the grass or I'll go out and I'll just lie on the grass in the sun 10 minutes, just ground myself actually on the earth and just keep it really simple. So I think it's actually about challenging the stories we have around what something looks like and knowing that thing can morph. We just have really strong preferences as humans. And I'm a Taurus. I've got even stronger preferences (laughs) if you believe in the traits of my star sign. But yeah, it's just, well, maybe it doesn't need to look like it's always looked like. Maybe I do that on the weekend. Or maybe I do it once a week versus a couple of times a week. Or maybe I go away for a weekend somewhere on my own and just hang by the beach. Or maybe I just go out for a walk under the avocado tree. Um, yeah, it's just about being able to be compassionate and challenge the story I'm telling myself around what I need to ground myself. Meditation, again, when I first started trying to find the balance, it was like I can't do it morning and I can't do it night. But what I do now is my non-negotiable is I'll wake up, just put my hand on my heart and just take a couple of deep breaths and be really grateful and think about my intentions for the day. And so it's five minutes, but it grounds me in how I want to turn up for the day and the people I encounter in it. And then I'll do the 20 minutes meditation at night, right? Instead of going, it has to be this way. That's been a big switch for me because what I have really discovered is the kicker in terms of unlocking the stuff for me and kicking myself in the butt is that the only time I'm ever miserable or unhappy it comes down to one basic tenor it's when I'm resisting what the current situation is in any given moment that's it literally every single thing in life the minute you just go like we talked about with Siobhan you melt into it not not using that word acceptance because it's like a verb it feels like doing, but the the minute you can melt into what you're living in the moment or your situation without resisting it, um, that was the biggest healing point for me in my divorce and my marriage when I just stopped resisting. In the beginning where I was feeling single and alone and like there was this big gap, um, the minute I stopped resisting was the minute I started healing. And so now I can not resist any of that. Aloneness for me Um, I value solitude feeling lonely is around the story that you tell I've been more lonely in a relationship where you can be feel more alone in a room of people than sitting in your house for four months in lockdown so yeah it's that uh, not resisting that's like swimming against the current versus letting it take you yeah 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 so I'm following the current a little more now and the flow and the energy and trusting my intuition. I think it's probably taken me a good 
two and a half years, the whole time we've been doing this podcast, to really trust my intuition. Mm. Ignore it a few times with people, with situations, with, with jobs, to ignore it. And then to see so clearly out the back when I start learning and reflecting, I knew that. I knew that within an hour of meeting that person or saying yes to that job or saying yes to that engagement social thing, whatever. Like you know it. So now I terrified engagement social thing, not engagement. (laughs) Not engagement, engagement. Just to be clear, haven't got engaged (laughs) in the last three years, haven't even been on a date. So no, it is really just about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know it, right? Just trust. You've got to trust to be in that flow. And that's one of the hardest things. I think that's why it's taken me to this point of my journey to be able to, mm. yeah, just really let go to the degree I am now. And I'm sure in six to 12 months' time, if we're recording again, I'll have had another leap. Who knows? Um, but what for you around grounding at the moment? I think this has come through with the fact that we haven't actually recorded for three months. And the upkeep of Unicorns and Hand Grenades social is solely attributed to Jax. Because I've been, like I was, I had a bit of a flurry um, when we started with the podcast, posting about grief, putting lots of posts up, doing the Remembrance stuff. I have posted a few photos on Facebook. Oh, no, not even Facebook, I use Instagram. And been really not engaging with socials. And just putting the phone down and being with the kids um, because that's what makes me feel really good. Um, because when I've got phone in hand and I'm half preoccupied and then I'm getting snappy at them, like that's not a nice feeling and I don't like it. So there's always work-ons, but for me it's been, yeah, and I, I mean saying being present seems a little bit like everyone says be present, yeah, but it's like just being with my kids and lying around and rolling around on the floor and wrestling and having a laugh or like, this afternoon, for example, I picked them up early because <laughs> early is four o'clock because they've been having some five fives and I took them to the playground because they wanted to go yesterday and it was too late. So I made a point of going to the playground and just sitting and watching them play and chatting to an, another lady that was there with her grandkids and just being right then. And so that for me, and and being here with my husband and the kids on the farm or going away, like on the weekend, just being, we went away up north, we palmed off the kids, which was beautiful. Thank you, um, parents-in-law. That was really nice. And we went to Goat Island and we did snorkeling um, and being in the ocean and Mother Nature getting swirled around because it was stormy as, um, watching the fish swim underneath you um makes you feel like you're just a dot like it's not whatever and nothing else is in your head when you're like when Matt's dragging me along by my hand because I forgot didn't bring any flippers and I'm like shit this current it's a little bit stronger than I was expecting so he's dragging me a lot across the channel and gives me one of his flippers luckily I'm a decent swimmer but I was like whoa you know you're just there in that moment hiking up a big hill jumping in the sea like just trying not to worry too much about tomorrow, that's been, that's what I do. Um, And it's not necessarily one particular thing. I still haven't been able to really grasp for meditating in the traditional sense. I feel like I quietly do it before bed when I'm lying on my acupressure mat, but I wouldn't say I meditate. Um, I don't know, but perhaps my meditation is different. Perhaps my meditation is just being here 
and being really happy being here. And whilst I'm doing all sorts of things at the moment, I'm really content with my life and I'm not yearning for anything else. And I'm quite happy with what will come my way. Like I don't, I'm not worried about this or that or things that could or might happen. I'm really trying to let go of that stuff because it doesn't, it just occupies thought space and it doesn't add any value to my life. So yeah, long story short, um, there's nothing like kids in there excitement about literally everything to keep you um, focused on what's important yeah and listening to you then it's so funny how we just label things all the time right I don't really do meditation but what you just described was actually being present consciously in the moment and not taking the thoughts that pop through your head seriously, which is exactly what meditation is, right? So it is just being open to to your version of something might look different to someone else's version. And I love that there's no better way than to put things in perspective by realizing that we are just a dot. Yeah. Literally a dot. Like shark food. Like I could be shark food and I know that's maybe – not a great thing to say because there was something in the news about somebody who did lose their life to a shark attack. But what I'm saying is you like, we are us and our problems and our problems, I say, um, and there's varying degrees of those are really not hugely significant in the scheme of the billions of people on this earth and the universe, et cetera. So not downplaying people's challenges, but what I'm saying is for me, well, you know, I've got a bit of perspective now too. Um, and that is a wonderful thing to have. Yeah, grief and loss will do that. But that's a nice, I think that's a nice, going to say it's a nice way to bring us home, not grief and loss. <laughs> but a nice way to bring us home is just thinking about that fact that in the scheme of things, we don't really have as much control over life and everything to do with it as we think we do, yet we spend so much time up in our head trying to control it, which is what we're wired to do. So it's an incredible catch-22. So the more that we can do to get ourselves in that place where we can ground and get centred in the swirl of ambiguity and uncertainty in our own ways, the more powerful that is. So in closing out this, the first of our recorded episodes in three months, yeah, what do you want to leave the listeners with, Kim? I love the fact that you described the chaos of me hanging out with my boys and stuff as meditation. So sign up for my new wave meditation, which is running around and not sitting still at all ever um, and meditating on the go. Like perhaps that's a new thing. I don't know, but it seems to work for me. <laughs> I like it. So that's what I'm going to leave you guys with. Maybe it's just been in the now, but my now is, yeah, I look at beautiful images and people who practice and mine is nothing like that, but I'm going to take it being in the now without judging your now and if anyone else would like the now that Kim's got what I'm hearing is flick us a, flick us a line she'll drop her kids off she'll go away and have some even better now time and come back and get them in an hour or two Woohoo. or maybe a week or two we'll just see a week or two because we're flowing with ambiguity what a great way for our listeners to experience ambiguity in and of itself not knowing when you'll come back to collect the kids off them <laughs> Thank, thank you so much for your patience, everyone. 
and hanging out and waiting for us to come back and record because we so appreciate you hanging out with us in these conversations and really just hope if you walk away with even one thing, even if it's just, I'm not as abnormal as I thought I was and there's other people experiencing the same things as me, then that is a real win in our book. So go out there, find your flow, figure out your ways to ground. I'm all for a good cloud spotting session as well. Mm. I know, and a hippie and me. But yeah, find your way. We've got some amazing guests ready to come across the airwaves to you once we are ready to actually organize our diary dates for recording, which is a little bit more limited now than it was, but we will get there. Uh, a couple of sneaky insights. We've got Jax Hamilton, who's going to come on and speak to us. Jax was on Master Chef. She is the most incredible woman and is full of energy and just so inspiring. We've got Heather Chamberlain from For All the Brothers, who are an incredible not-for-profit organization all around uh, lifting mental health awareness for men. Dr. Amy Johnson's coming back. She's just written another book um, called Just a Thought. Go out and check it out. It's amazing. And it's been reviewed by Deepak Chopra. And it's got an awesome review. So Amy's coming back, and that is always really worth listening. Gaia Chania came to get her back to talk about spirit guides. We didn't talk about soul pods and relationships from a universal connection perspective and some other people that we've got in the pipeline. We won't share them all because we want to keep some good surprises. But you've got us today. We hope you enjoyed the convo. We hope you're getting in your flow and we will catch you on the next episode of Unicorns and Hand Grenades. Thanks for hanging out.